Welcome to Riot Underground. You found the place where instigators are changing the world with disruptive technology. I'm Sarah Glova, and in this episode, we're joined by Scott Turnbull, Director of Technology at US Ignite. Scott literally travels the globe working with cities on smart innovation projects. Today, he talks innovation and the keys to making it happen. Let's jump in by asking Scott our favorite question to help you, our listeners, get a picture for the person we're speaking to. Scott, who would play you in a movie about you? Bruce Campbell, the guy who was in a You Will Let It Look Like. Who's Bruce Campbell? Look him up. Yeah, Google him, folks. There you go. So, Scott, thank you for joining us on Riot Underground. Can thank you. you. It's great us, to be here. Good. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and, and some of what you're working on? Sure. So, I'm, uh, my title is Director of Technology for US Ignite. Uh, we accelerate the smart city movement, is what we like to say quite often. And I've been mostly involved with our program called the Smart Gigabit Communities Program, which is a cohort of 27 now cities across the country with one in Canada and one in Australia who are dedicated to connecting with their local entrepreneurs, connecting with the local municipalities to create plans for deployment of technologies, foster the development of new technologies, especially ones that can't exist on the current internet, that it was mm-hmm. sort of sub-broadband speeds uh, or sub-gigabit speeds weren't enough, that the latency maybe was too high to support, uh, that the capacity was too low to support. So any of those things that really we weren't, we weren't quite there, but we wanted to build people's uh, imagination around really impactful technologies. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been doing. Great. Well, that gives us plenty to unpack. Yeah. So to start, I mean, you, we met through a Gigabit City event here in the Raleigh-Durham area, but you mentioned you work with these 27 different cities and towns. So are they all similar or you find really varying things among those 27? It really is unique. It's as mm. unique as people, right? You, you know, 27 people, they're all going to be different. You know, they might have a couple of things in common here and there. But nobody has that unique mix of things. So if you go out to like Adelaide, Australia, I mentioned as one of our cities as well, they have super strong state support. I mean, they have industry support behind them. They have their steely eyed killers when it comes to this like industry and government support area where they can really operationalize it in a way that's super impressive. You go out to Kansas City, their relationship with their CIO in Kansas City is, is top notch in their ability to measure like impact. Chattanooga, everyone mm-hmm. in, uh, in this space knows that story of Chattanooga. But if you don't, man, you got to get to know it. They're really this huge turnaround story, super strong investment from the from City Hall. Their entrepreneurs have gotten together and they were that little engine that could story where they started. And I think they're above a little engine now. But um, I mean, really tremendous story. And that, that's replicated across all of every city I've ever seen. How do we rank? How's Raleigh Durham? Oh, you guys rank, actually, you're pretty good. You're really good, especially in terms of community engagement and the the willingness of people to talk to one another. That's really, in my mind, kind of the standout personality trait of the region. Endurance for conversations is probably one of the bigger determinations of success. I think in this space, are you willing to have the fifth, sixth, 10th, 15th conversation about the same thing with the maybe even the same people sometimes? Get out to meetings, get out of your comfort zone, especially engineering. Uh, engineering can be a very sort of you can close in on yourself and just focus on the problem and maybe not focus enough on the solution, you mm-hmm. know, and how it's going to be sold and how the impact is going to be measured. Are you talking to the right people to make the right solution? Right. That's kind of lost in that mix. And maybe that's been a rather shameful part of the uh, of the profession for 20, 30 years, however long you want to measure it, right? But now we're getting to the point where 
with IoT especially, like it's literally integrated into your lives, like into your couches or your, your stoves <laughs> or your clocks. It's just crazy, right? So uh, there's no way out of this conversation with people about like, how does this affect your daily life? You know, are you going to blow a gasket when your home smart home device doesn't reply the right way? You know, right. just how much of that conversation do you have the endurance to have is I think one of the increasingly one of the big predictors of success. That's great. And it's great to hear that we're ranking. I mean, I think of this area as a you collaborative are. area. So. Yeah, you are. People are great here. It's really one of the, and I mean, I think if you're looking for a place to locate where you can talk to folks and, and have the sort of well, uh, I hate this word, but lubricated uh, social structure to, to contact one another, this really is one of the outstanding zones for me. So two things here. One, I really like this concept of endurance for conversations. And two, we love to hear that Raleigh-Durham is an outstanding zone. Riot Labs is headquartered here in Raleigh, North Carolina. So that's where our accelerator program sits and a lot of our programming. But of course, Riot is also a nationwide program. So just like US Ignite, we live in cities all over the country. And 2019 is the year that Riot goes international. We also don't like to think of ourselves as in competition with other cities. Collaboration to us is much more important. And sitting to my right is Tom Snyder, executive director of Riot and Tom you talk about this a lot, that it's collaboration, it's not competition. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm interested to hear, you know, we find the same thing, that um, folks that collaborate move forward faster and that there are more problems to be solved than people solving them, right? So, Scott, what, what are those issues that cities are trying to solve? Getting bandwidth. Everyone's feeling stressed and over, you know, overcommitted to things. And that's probably true. I'd say, actually, on the, on the municipal end, that's something that needs more thought, you know, thinking through. Uh, if you're a CIO in a city right now and you are not laser focused and have 90% of your work thinking on how do I operationalize old tasks to get them out of my way for the new stuff, you're not doing your job. A lot of people are out there doing great work for people as best they can, but they feel overstressed. They feel taxed because there isn't a plan to efficient make greater sets of efficiency there isn't a plan to expose them to other technical professionals that refresh their skill set so over time they just get rigid and they get maybe a little stiff and so we're not fostering that community as, mm. as well as possible we're also we don't know how to adopt it if we developed it in a lot of cases that's that's really killing us so maybe there's a CIO from a town who's listening and is interested in operationalizing old tasks or interested in adopting new technology but unsure of where to start, where do you suggest a CIO or municipal leader get started? Well, you start by asking U.S. Ignite <laughs> no, yeah. uh, or Riot. Or, yeah. So there's a number of, um, of nonprofits that are working to build collaboratives in this space. I think starting with them actually is a good space. Mm -hmm. We have a, a cohort of 27 cities that uh, we'll get some play on any suggestion, right? Like, oh, we, we have this thing. We want you to work together. Purchase agreements came out of the cities themselves. They actually purchased co-ops, came out of the city, that idea. Mm. We just say, hey, purchasing co-ops, right? At our monthly meeting, who wants to talk about this? And they go, you know, five people will virtually raise their hand. And then we set up a meeting for them after that. And then we try to look for actionable next steps out of every meeting. We really mm. don't want to have just a, like a thought you know, talking heads. But um, yeah, that's a way to start. Or I mean, if they have relationship with other, uh, with other towns, by all means, leverage those. Go to mm -hmm. lunch. If you're, if you're a CIO or whatever, I pick on CIOs because I'm an engineer by background, right? Um, if you're not having lunch with the CIOs for the next three towns around you, again, you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. And I love the idea of actionable next steps. Well, Tom Scott directly mentioned Riot as a group to get started with. So what do you think? 
So I'll add to that a little bit. One of the things that we've found is really, really impactful is getting people face-to-face and, and ride acts as a convener. U.S. Ignite is also a convener. Maybe you can talk about you know some of the, the, the ways you bring people together and, and opportunities for folks that might be listening to, to actually engage face-to-face with you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so well, our big thing is an annual summit that we have. So we have one coming up this year. It's, uh, it's 2019, if you're listening to this in 2025. Well, I greet you from the past. Uh, we have a summit uh, this year. It's in Denver. It's, it's April 1st through April 4th. Uh, we convene and we have three days of great panels, great meetups, and we have demos as well. So we're bringing out 25 demo teams, six stage demo teams, and a bunch of NSF uh, demo teams as well. We issue a playbook out of that. So it's a way to get input. Look for the people listed on the playbook. If thinking about yeah. the space, reach out to them. Um, so it's really just the bravery of cold calling. Mm. You know, my one talent in life, I was a software engineer, I was in the Army, I was doing a bunch of different things. But my one really useful talent is I show up on people's doorsteps. It's important. In our experience, what you find is, you know, once that initial uh, wall is, is breached of, of starting that conversation, everybody gets something out of it and, and it really is yeah. valuable. So, you know, folks might think they know it all, but they don't. And they're actually secretly thirsting for talking to people and working through these problems together. And so I think it's fantastic some of the work you're doing in that area. Yeah. I mean, anyone just goes like, Tom's, Brad, Tom's good. I met Tom twice. He's really good. I'll talk. I'll just ask him. That That's transformational. It sounds simple. No, but it's, it's hugely so transformational. Yeah. And we have a, a joke at Riot, and I'll probably get a chance to tell it a couple times on this podcast, but uh, we have a challenge for any Riot team member who can go with Tom to the airport and he doesn't run into someone he knows at the airport. Right. You win. And no one's won yet because he just... It's his life work is doing these connections. And I imagine as we think about organizations like U.S. Ignite that are doing the same convening work, um, that work is on us to, to bring these voices together and, and make these connections and make space for it, which it sounds like at some of your events, that's what you're really focused on. Let's make space for these connections. It's something a lot of our big riot events focus on, making sure they're not only free and open to the public, the ones that we're in charge of, but making space for, for networking time, just getting back to those basics. And then I think a bias towards action. Oh, uh, you know, there's one thing to, to have a conversation. It's another to do something. And, okay, you know, so Scott, you talked about that a little bit in yeah. ending meetings with action items. So from two maybe strong conveners, what, what's your advice for that? So people going out having conversations, maybe you alluded, Scott, to the engineering community that's thinking about going out and trying to make these connections. What's some advice? So I'll be honest when I say this. You got to avoid. There's people who you can recognize right away. They're not moving. They're stuck in the mud. It's not going. You need to avoid them like the plague. The worst thing you can do is waste your time. So you, you there's signals. People who are sort of action oriented that will move on, do something, even if small something. They kind of recognize each other. You take a hold of that and go. I mean, nothing against those other people. That maybe they would do, or maybe it's a misread or whatever. But you need to take your easy pathways. You can't get bogged down in conversations that don't work. So you need an assessment framework. Is this working? What was our goal here? I mean, and that's another, have clear goals. Mm. I mean, it's, you can't take action unless you have goals to take action around. So have clear goals, even if they're off, you can adjust them, right? If you're acting, fail fast. That's a, you know, fail fast, fail frequently. That's a startup moniker or um, um, saying a lot. And I, I, I really buy into that. You know, it was with universities for 15 years or so. And I led like an agile transformation there. And that was getting to that, like, I don't, we're going to talk to the people who do the work. I don't care if it's their job function or not. I'm going to talk to the people who are actually going to talk to me back. I, you know, being a solid C is better than an occasional A. Like I love just, that. That's it. And there's research behind that. I, I love to bring this study up and I'm going to take us really on topic here and talk about pottery. 
So they do this study in this pottery class and they divide the class in half and they half the pottery class is told you're going to be judged at the end of the semester by your very best single work. And the other class is told it doesn't matter how good your work is. You are judged based on whether or not you can complete a piece every week. And at the end of the semester, we'll evaluate and see if you were able to do that. Any guesses which class performed better, which side of the class? The every week one. Whichever class I was not in, I don't have any artistic <laughs> skills. The every week one, Scott's right. So the class that was forced to create, create, create every week is at the end was much more successful and had mastered the skills set out and the learning objectives set out. Because instead of hyper-focusing on the one, the perfect, the A+, plus, they were focused on creating, creating, creating. So they were failing fast and they ended up being more successful. So there's kind of a metaphor there. Um, it's the lean startup mentality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And that gets back to, you were sharing earlier that, you know, you have to start with goals. Absolutely. In these conversations, you need to start with goals. So I took some notes, um, Scott, on what you were kind of outlining. You said earlier that some Good. of the- you got, you got this notebook. They can't see it on the podcast. <laughs> He's got this notebook full of all kinds of- He's got to watch what you say. <laughs> The, uh, you were mentioning that out of a lot of U.S. Ignite events, there's this playbook. So maybe this is Scott's playbook from from our podcast. But you said start with goals. Mm-hmm. So being really clear on those goals. And then two, um, Scott, you and you, Tom, uh, both talked about networking. Tom, you just made the point that, you know, even as we're talking about that empowerment discussion and how we go into communities, we still need to go. I think it's how we go. You were talking about going in an open way of asking questions, asking, asking, asking. So not going with this mindset, I'm going to come here and provide to this community what I think they need. Asking the community, what is it you need? What are you? So that networking piece, go and listen. And then three, the bias for action. So Scott, you Mm -hmm. mentioned at your meetings, you make sure that at the end of it, there are action items, but then four reviewing. So I've had endurance for conversations maybe for about six months now. How are we doing? Are we closer to those goals we set in the beginning? Am I getting traction with this organization? Do I just need to sustain my endurance or do I need to find other people to talk to? That's a great question. There's no way to go about that, but you do have to have some assessment framework. Mm -hmm. Is this making sense? Although I I would caution people on assessment framework. One of there's many dangers right in this space. One of them is magical thinking. Uh, especially entrepreneurs, you run into a lot of entrepreneurs. Well, I developed a product and I didn't make a million dollars. Like that's not how it works. But is your steps and am I making some money? Am I viable now? Do I see growth that I could sustain, sustain myself a year from now? Mm-hmm. It's probably viable. It's a conversation you want to stay in. Same thing with the city. Like am I, I wanted to solve homelessness. Well, you didn't solve homelessness in the first year. Did you get 10%, 5% mm-hmm. off the street? comes back to that goal setting in the beginning. Right. Instead of that magical thinking, what are some realistic goals and what does that look like next year, but then in five years and then 10 years? Right. And I, I've heard someone tell me once with entrepreneurs to make sure they understand the difference between a mission, like solve homelessness, and a goal. Yep. Address 10% of the homeless population. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, this is exactly true. So that assessment framework. So first of all, don't abandon things. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's uh, an easy way to convince yourself to sort of not have endurance is that wasn't working. So I left. So once you're satisfied with your assessment framework, right, can I tell if this is going well or not? Mm -hmm. Um, Then you need to just pull the trigger like and don't burn bridges. Just say, listen, this is. I don't know what's going on here, but, uh, you know, you make a suggestion for something different to do because do something different and you get the same results. <laughs> and if you don't have that different thing to do, just be upfront and say, listen, I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to try something else with these different people. Maybe we'll have a different idea. I'd love to keep the conversation open, but I just don't know what else to do here. Maybe they'll come back to you with a different suggestion, right? Leave the door open, um, but you need to move on. I love it. So number one, set goals. Number two, network. 
Number three, act, bias for action. Number four, assess. And then maybe number five is recalibrate as needed. But then maybe more importantly, repeat steps two through five again and again and yeah. again. There, Yeah. I think back. we just rewrote the Agile Manifest. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. You heard it here first. Thanks for tuning in to Riot Underground, the place where you hear from instigators who are changing the world with disruptive technology. Our next episode is the second in our three-part series with Scott Turnbull. We'll focus specifically on internet connectivity and the growing rural-urban divide, plus some exciting things that municipalities are doing to fight back. Don't miss it. Riot Underground is created and produced at Riot Studios with music created by Scott Jackson. Riot produces events, conferences, and educational courses around the world and runs an early stage startup accelerator in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our nonprofit also operates a wireless test and certification facility under the Wireless Research Center brand. Learn how to engage by visiting us at ncriot.org.